Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs Cinema. In the week that it seems our smaller films have finally realized, hang on a second, if there's no blockbusters in the cinema, hmm. My name is Tosin and I'm the host and I'm based up in the UK, somewhere near Birmingham. Joining me as always on the Isle of Wight is Sharon Bollen. Hello. And also on the Isle of Wight is Sean Harris. Uh Hello. Our own very Hollywood doppelganger. And joining us from London, a London correspondent, looking very news nighty, if I say I was so going to say, she, I, that's what I was trying to think. I said, you look like a correspondent, like some serious like newscaster yeah. that's going to say, yeah, wow. You got everything. You got. I mean, even down to the lapels. The lapels. You got the pen. You got the glasses going. It's. Yeah, I've got the lapels. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all very Fiona Bruce, but it's, <laughs> it's it's not Fiona. Oh, I'm going for. You even you even got the cheeky pen bite going. Look at that. But it is not Fiona Bruce. It is Holly Nesling joining us from London. Hello. 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 And after after weeks, now I, the way I said it of this book, it feels like the last couple of weeks we've come onto this show and we have lamented, we have cried, we have decried the fact that there is nothing to see in the cinema. We've had like a month of hardly anything to watch. Cine World, we, we, Sharon and I spoke about it last week. Cine World came on and said that, oh, we're going to administration because nobody's releasing any films. And this seems to be the, the week in which Hollywood decided to bite back. But, <laughs> but it does seem to be the smaller films that have finally realized that if there's no blockbuster taking up all the oxygen, maybe somebody will go watch a smaller film. So we have a whole bunch of films, none of which I don't think ever had any designs on being a blockbuster that are now there in cinema for us to watch. What did you what, what, what do you guys think about my, about that? What do you think about my analysis? Yeah, I it think, was noticeable. I think yeah. when I walked down the cinema yesterday to watch one of the films um, on our to be reviewed list, I noticed all the posters. None of them were for the huge blockbusters that you'd expect. No. The whole corridor was lined with yeah. small, like Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. And like yeah, a double spread on their posters. Mm -hmm. and I was like, when does that happen? That a sort of small British film bit. And then there's a, half the corridor. <laughs> yeah, it does. There's another one, isn't there, with like uh, Ralph Fiennes in or whatever that is. I can't. Don't know. Uh, yes, yes. I see oh, oh. on Twitter. The Forgiven. The, the, the Forgiven. That's it. Yeah, and a few other things. But like you say, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. That's right in your face, isn't it? Really, you can't really yeah, miss yeah. that Mary Poppins almost picture. Oh, uh, well, you see. And, and I personally, okay, well, this is, we're going to get a little bit philosophical before we start actually reviewing films. This is the kind of stuff that only people who listen to the audio podcast get. None of those YouTube fancy people who only have an attention span of five minutes. No, no, they don't get this. Only people who download this stuff and listen get, we should put like little messages in these sections so we find out who actually listens to the podcast and who just watches highlights on YouTube. But, um, but yeah, this is where we get a little bit philosophical. And I actually quite like this idea. I like this idea of there being smaller films and you mm. go to the cinema to discover stuff because because there's hardly anything on and i was looking okay because all of a sudden this week we've had like this influx of smaller films that have all gone to the cinema and i was looking for next and last week sharon and i we we put some films off to this week so that we would actually have a netflix versus cinema as opposed to just a netflix and friends thing um i was looking to next week and i was thinking okay what's what's actually on and i saw this film called fall and i was like 
I have never heard of this film. I did mm-hmm. not know anything that was going to happen with this film. But you know what? I'm going to watch it because it's in the cinema. <laughs> and I and I love that idea because I remember it used to be a time you used to go to the cinema to just, without really knowing what a film was about, just to find out, okay, it's on the cinema. I'm going to go watch it. But now, because of everything, you end up just, you know, you know pretty much, you watch the trailer, you have the whole film before you actually go and watch the film. And I was like, I was loving the idea of these smaller films going in there and you just get to go to cinema and sit down and watch stuff without without really knowing much about it. And I, I think that would be brilliant. If that's an outcome of what happened through COVID, I think that would be a good outcome. There's a, there's a, my, my slight worry is there's a film coming in July next year called Oppenheimer. Yes. And mm. I'm already seeing posters. And there's been even, I've even seen like two teaser trailers. And my big fear is because there is a dearth of massive blockbuster films, we are going to get this drip, drip, drip of like when there are massive films coming, we are going to get months and months of drip, drip, drip teasers about it until we're just fed up at the sight of it. Because <laughs> if I've got another 10 months of looking at the same teasers of mm. having another little snippet shown, do, I'm, do not, you know, I'm going to be over the yeah. film before we even get to it. It's funny that because that, that teaser trailer for Oppenheimer, I just can't help thinking it just reminds me so much of Peaky Blinders. I don't know why. I, I think it, it, it just, it's the Killian, it's, yeah, it's the Killian it's, Murphy. It's the Killian Murphy of the whole It's thing. Killian Murphy, who's, who I'm not. I've got to be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of Killian Murphy movies. I've never yeah, really no, been Don't either. worry, Sean. We've put him on the shelf with Stanley Tucci and Woody Harrelson. <laughs> right, okay, cool. Great, great actors that Sean cannot stand. <laughs> I just don't understand why you can't cope with Stanley Tucci. He's wonderful. Just wow. weird. Let, let's just let's not start like this. <laughs> let's not start this we're, we're, we're just gonna go yeah, okay, we're, just gonna, we're just gonna accept it that stanley tucci and sean and the funny thing is i reckon that if you met up in real life you'll probably be really good friends but as an actor <laughs> is jared leto not on the list um i quite liked his joker <laughs> but a lot of people didn't like his a lot of people didn't like his joker i quite liked him personally as a joker but i didn't like him as morbius you see, you see now, Jared Leto is the he is weird because there was a time when I thought he was really good, like Fight Club, Requiem for a Dream, all the way up to Dallas Buyers Club. I was like, I actually thought the guy, for someone who started off, people were trying to sort of pitch on him as a pretty boy actor. I was like, he's actually got quite a bit of stuff about him. He's actually a really good actor. But it seems to me he won the Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. And that seems to be the watershed where mm. almost everything he's done after Dias Bias Club, I find annoying and self-involved. So he, Morbius, I thought was stupid. His performance in House of Gucci is, I, I mean, I'm not Italian, so I can't say, but it's possibly a hate time, hate crime against Italians. I mean, it's, and it just, it just seems like after the, uh, it, it, it's, I'm not sure whether this is just the narrative in my own head, but it seems that after he got the Oscar, he became full of himself. And almost every performance that he gives is him showing you how yeah. it, it reeks of him being full of himself. So I wouldn't say I don't like Jared Leto. He wouldn't turn me off, although it is getting close to if he's in the film or if he's in a TV show, it makes me not want to watch it. But Can I, can I ask Holly, has she got a, a particular actor that she's not keen on who's quite popular? <laughs> Sharon, have you got anybody? I think Tom Cruise, I have to say. I I can understand that. I can really yes, dig that. I, I can dig that. that. Yeah, I can understand that arrogant, <laughs> pompous. You know. it, it, used to be, it, used, it used to be fine, but uh, just everything 
Mission, one of the Mission Impossibles is the only film I've ever walked out of in the cinema. No, Ooh. first film I'd ever walked out of. The second Ooh. one was hadn't uh, even started, but that was Uncharted. And that was because there were too many children without masks in there. Uh, but we literally left Mission, one of the Mission Impossibles because we were bored. I, I'm going to... Oh, 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 which one? Oh, you see, now I would... If I had to guess, I would put money on either two or three. No, I think it was the last one. The last one? Mm. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I, I also support that. I thought that was a massively, massively overrated film. Uh, is that the one with the helicopter bit in there? <laughs> That's the one with the helicopter bit at the end. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I'm going to say it's great. I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. I think I think we've all decided that yeah, Mission, Mission Impossible. We, yeah, that's the thing. But as I said last week, meet Ricky Gervais. We can't stand him. <laughs> but let us get onto the film. Great. Yeah. So let us get onto the films that we are talking about this week. So in cinema, we have Beast. Who saw Beast? I saw Beast. I saw Beast. Oh, so Sean and I have seen Beast. We have these are all the smaller films that are that are competing for your dollar, and we are happy that they have actually had the guts to get into a cinema this week. Okay, and uh, Fisherman's Friends, one and all, who's seen that? I've seen Fisherman's Friends. And I have seen Fisherman's Friends. All right, cool. Bodies, 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 who saw that? We saw that. We saw I that. that <laughs> okay, we that. saw that. Sharon, Sharon and that. Sean have seen that, and uh, you cannot see Sharon the expressions right that. now. <laughs> but it seems like Sharon and Sean have been scarred by that. But... <laughs> oh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies probably has another actor that I'll put on the list of people who I might I find difficult to watch. But um, then we have the invitation, and who has seen that? That's me. That's Sean. All right, cool. So let us kick off. Let us kick off with Beast. Let's kick off with Beast because, as I said, we have a bit of a bumper show this week because all of a sudden the smaller films have realized that cinemas exist and that there are no blockbusters in them, which means that they, they, they might actually get some eyes on them. So... Beast, this is the definition of a creature feature. Would you agree, Sean? Uh, yes, yeah, to a degree. To a good degree, I'd agree with that. Yeah. To, a, to so, a degree. So at the beginning, you're introduced to Idris Elba, who plays a doctor called Nate from America, who is visiting South Africa with his two daughters. His, his, um, his wife, who is now deceased, was from South Africa. And he was taking his, uh, he, he's taking his daughters to sort of like go back and connect with the land where the mother was from. They go out into the middle, they fly into a place, go into Polokwane, and then they go into like, you know, the... I'm not sure which area of, of, of South Africa Polokwane is in, but this is kind of like, you're talking, um, you're talking sort of remote. You're talking remote, you're talking almost deserty and all that, and you talk about where people have like, their, they have a friend who's played by Shalto Copley of District 9 fame, who is the, um, who is, he's like a gameskeeper, who is like a games warden of this nature reserve, and he picks them up, takes them to his remote house, and... As as the film goes on, you start realizing that all of a sudden that uh, there's a lion that's attacking people, and Shalter Copley walks around going hang in a second because he's friends. Well, they say he's friends with lions. Like he he's raised some of them up. He's nature He knows all the lions on the place, and he knows that okay that this lion is attacking people as a result of poachers doing something to the lion's pride, and. I mean, it's a creature feature, so you can imagine what happens. It's called Beast. The lion's the beast. You have Idris Elba and two daughters. What's going to happen? Lion's going to end up stalking them. That's the film. And then that is that is essentially your storyline. We're going to go on from here. We're going to see stuff. Sure, sure, uh, um, Holly, I guess you're going to tell me which area Polikwane is in. And I've been there loads. It's in northern South Africa, and it used to be called Petersburg. Was it? Is it KwaZulu-Natal? Uh, it must be no because it's in okay. south 
Okay, cool. Uh, either way, it's, near, it's fairly near to the border with Zimbabwe. It's the first All place right. to stop to sleep if you, once you come through Bikebridge. All right, cool. Good stuff. So that is basically the setup of the film. Sean, what did you think? Okay, well, yeah, what, what did we think? Um, put it this way, it was sort of, as, as the narrative went on, and quite early in the film, and there's something we were talking about the ranger and it's like okay well so i, I basically figured the ending sort of maybe <laughs> ten, 10 minutes into the movie you know what i'm talking about i know exactly okay. what you're talking about so so, exactly so yeah so and i thought the ranger through the movie the ranger he's you know it's very knowledgeable knows all about the stuff and i think he did a you know how anal i am when it comes to being like doing silly stuff and i just yep, don't yep. think he would have done certain things and i don't think some of the characters would have done certain things i think they would have been more more should we say sensible you know but then it was if they didn't do it then there wouldn't have been so much of a story i guess so um you know the action was 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 pretty good and and i tried to be forgiven i thought okay they're trying to make a movie i'm not going to be too too yeah 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 too harsh on this because of those those particular well, things well, you know you know what i'm talking about Tony, no, no, that is, no, I, I know what you're talking about and also i also know I, I think i think i also know what you're talking about as in trying not to be too harsh on them because yeah. this is the kind of film as a smaller film that you know we sometimes say you don't get a lot of those films coming out anymore we've been complaining about not enough films in cinema there's this film that's actually been made and is in cinemas and so you were like yeah you want to support yeah. this film you you want yeah. to be you want to applaud the fact that they've made this film especially and i'm sure i'm not sure if you noticed this but there's a there's a scene i think the scene you're talking about early on where they meet a lion they meet a pride of lions mm. and there's a scene the way after a while it became really obvious to me that all the lions were computer generated yes 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 yeah, I really on there's I one there's one particular yeah. scene with the, the way something moves i'm like oh none of yeah. the lions are there yeah, but yeah, yeah they are they are very photorealistic it's and, very yeah. you can see they've used the same technology as they used in the lion mm. king remake it's very yeah. very photorealistic. but there's one particular scene where because a lot of the shots yeah. in this film are done in one shots. Like mm. we get out of the car and we just like, there's no cuts or anything like that. And he goes and he plays with the lions. And, they, and the, the, they're doing one shot. And you can see they're showing off here and they're trying to show the technology that, oh, look, we can make real looking lions. And it's, yeah. And so, so they, they were, but when you talk about the decisions people make in this film, I remember growing up in Nigeria and watching American films and they, we watch a disaster movie. And all the, a lot of the films that we watch just made us think, okay, that's it jury's out americans are stupid, stupid because they yeah. <laughs> because they would keep doing stupid things in this films you're like what there's what? a sound in a bush yeah. why are you walking towards <laughs> it <laughs> everybody knows that there's a sound in a bush you That's run it. in the opposite direction why why <laughs> why are you walking upstairs and not switching the light on exactly you know? why why are you trying to run away from somebody and you're running upstairs where there's no <laughs> way of getting out of the house <laughs> and it's like and and there's bits in this film, there's bits in this film where, sure, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. There's bits in this film that the, they are decisions that the characters make that I'm thinking, oh my God, okay, this is movie logic. And the thanks, only thanks. reason you are doing that is because <laughs> you are in a film. And if you don't do that, <laughs> if you don't do that, the running time of this film will be half an hour. Yeah. But the, the, the reason you're doing that is because you're in a film. Why are you doing it? Why are you doing it? Why are you, why do you, what? And, and there's, there's one bit, right? That, and, and, and essentially, sure, I was watching this film and I was just, um, I, I, I was like, I could... this is the film that will turn anybody into Sean. Because, <laughs> the, because the, the, the number Whoa. of times, the number of times in this film where I, I, heard, I found myself just going, 
why would you do that? <laughs> I put myself going, why would you do that? And, and and there's and there's bits where they they go to great lengths to talk about, oh, this is the way like you know lions work and everything like that. And then the shelter couple of characters like, oh no, this is not the way lions do and everything like. And but they never give an explanation for why all of a sudden this lion is acting out of character. Mm. And and they. They never. It's just kind of like, well, the lion's acting out of character because uh, we need a film, and we need night. I mean, the good thing about it is that the film is ninety minutes. It's yes. ninety minutes, and it gives you like it tries to give you a thrill ride for ninety minutes, and it. I I feel like they're almost hoping that you are not going to examine it like we are right now. Yes, yes. Exam- because if you're showing up for this thing, the film's called Beast, and if you showed up and there wasn't a beast and it wasn't attacking people, you would feel a bit shortchanged. So, <laughs> so I think I think that that's what they're hoping for. That's what I think that they're going for in this film, and. I'm annoyed by this already, though, because there are actual reasons why that would happen that are genuine reasons that could be provided. Well, they, they try and give a reason. They, and yes. It, because there is there is a sort of subplot, so to say, about poachers and about how poachers are now, poach, are now going after wildlife in South Africa. And there's a, there's, a, there's a subplot about that that kind of goes somewhere. It's really just sort of like a set... It's a setup for a set piece. Mm. It's, a, it's a setup for a set piece. And then the way that they do it, they're, they're kind of trying to do the whole thing about, oh, this isn't really, you know, the animal's fault and everything. But then the way the film ends and when they take everything, you're like, blah, blah. and and Sean, I agree with you. There's a bit about 10 minutes in that once they tell you this, you know exactly how this film is going to end. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you yeah. just you just know. It's it's kind of you know, Sharon, you talk about Chekhov's gun every now and then that, that yeah. if there's a gun in scene one is gonna go off by scene three. And and this does this to like they, they just it's like they drop all these little things. There's that's even a bit. There's even a bit in the film where one of the daughters wears a Jurassic Park t shirt and and you're looking I'm looking at it and it's as if they're, they're kind of going, Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of film we're gonna be making and I think <laughs> more, more to the case is not so much Jurassic Park as it is Jurassic World. And there's an mm-hmm. explanation for what happens in Jurassic World that I feel is similar to what happens in this film. But anyway, that's 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 besides the buy. The, the the big question is how many stars would we give this? Well, personally speaking, as I say, I'm going to be really forgiving because I think it was just made film for a little bit of a thrill thrill ride. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too long, um, which was which was really good. You know, they didn't pan it out. It was it was it rolled along at a fairly decent pace. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm not going to be too I, 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 I didn't mind it too much. So I'm going to give this one a three star. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you. I would give it a three. And I don't think we're being too generous. I don't, no, think, I, don't I, don't think, think, I don't think I don't think we're being too generous, but there are. Uh, but be warned, if you're going to see it, there's going to be a lot of "Why would you do that?" <laughs> going around your head. It was like, "What? Why would you do that?" Like that. There's a bit. Okay, and, and, and there's bits where I feel like it does try and it does cross its own rules, like where it says, "Okay, if we stick this in the lion, that should give us a couple of hours," and then it doesn't really happen, and they never explain why it doesn't happen. You're just supposed to think this is. Ah, never mind. Anyway, let us move on. Let us yeah, move on. That's... Cat people usually because they're old and they're sick and they can't catch anything else. That's that's just usually the reason. Well, yeah, this this line does a little bit more than attack people. As I as I as I said, I think the the if you mix Jaws with Jurassic World, you probably get this film. Oh. <laughs> I think that there's similarities in both of those. But anyway, that's a morality um, story in there. 
yeah, yeah. Let's let um. So yeah, three stars for Beast. Now let's move on and let us go on to Disney Plus and Disney Plus's offerings. Now we reviewed or I reviewed Only Murders in the Building season one, which was sometime last year. This was Steve Martin. Martin short. Um, what's the name? Selena, Selena Gomez. Yeah, Selena Gomez walking around trying to doing a whodunit with a podcast with like a mystery being solved and everything. The way season one ended, let you know that there was a season two coming. This is the season two, 10 episodes. I haven't seen any of them, but Holly, you've picked up the slack. You've seen them. Tell us about Only Mothers in the Building in season two. So we we begin with... As spoiler-free as possible. As spoiler-free as possible. We begin with, I think this is probably not giving away too much, a murder in the building. <laughs> I, I think we're, we're probably good with that. A yes. resident of the building we saw at the end of the last series had been found by selena gomez somewhere unexpected very much dying in somewhat mystifying circumstances and this is one of these old school like new york apartment buildings like you can imagine was probably built with the rockefellers in like the 20s or something and you actually in this one you get some of the history of the building yeah. and where it's come from as this adds some of the twists and turns to uh, right so the the principle is they continue their podcast of only murders in the building yeah which is offset with only murderers in the building being um <laughs> the, the other that uh, sounds interesting <laughs> yeah, yeah it's 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 another podcast done by a tina fey character that's making a podcast about these guys making a podcast <laughs> oh my God. It, it has a touch of fourth wallness to it in itself i suppose um it's so they go off and investigate this and it becomes apparent to them that too many things seem to be pointing towards their involvement in the in the latest murder and they can't understand why this would be the case and who or why they are, is setting them up and they are being set up along the way we continue with martin short who is a former director um supporting his son who is directing a school play insofar as i can remember uh, <laughs> and, um, and martin returning to his uh, as a you know retired actor returning to his previous character bravo oh, yeah. the uh, the detective uh where and i think i'm going to risk giving this bit away it turns out in the reboot he is not the main character oh yeah and, yeah and it gets even better I think, and I'm going to chance this giveaway, he is, has dementia and is in a wheelchair. <laughs> so his return to the big, to the screen has not gone quite as, as he would want. And Selena Gomez is an artist and she is branching out into her art and in meeting new people within the art world. And you have these three sort of personal storylines that are running along there ongoing investigation into who committed the murder and why they are being why they're being framed it is a an absolutely delightful program to watch <laughs> i don't have a better word than delightful they're just the characters are a treat the wider cast and all of the character all of the the characters who live in the building are 
a joy. They're they're all quirky and you know likable and loathable simultaneously. <laughs> and you just at the end of each episode, you just it just makes you smile. It's it it has brought me great great joy watching it, and I I think it's left open enough that there is a possibility of another series. Oh, there, there's definitely another series. It's been announced. It's been announced that there's there's probably there's going to be a season three and a, possibly a season four. Oh. So essentially, all all what they're saying is don't live in this building. <laughs> Yeah. Don't live in this building. It's, it's a bit like Murder She Wrote, where there's Jessica Fletcher. Did she kill all those people? But it's like, well, midsummer. like don't live in midsummer. That's it. I was going to say, there's people. The thing is, I always I used to say this like Christmas. I know this is a thing, but it's like EastEnders. There's so much misery and grief that goes on in that place. <laughs> Why on earth would you just want to get out of there, wouldn't you? I would think. I always used to think I would EastEnders. <laughs> every Christmas somebody dies. Every it was, you know, it's just like oh, not not that I ever watched it, but the couple I did see, but always just seemed doom and gloom and horrible mm. stuff. And I'd be like, I want to get the hell out of there. Yeah, yeah. yeah get get out of Walford. So yeah. okay, so only murders in the building. I mean, I think you're pretty much saying a lot of the stuff that I. I said with season one yeah. and i think it is this seems like you know martin short and steve martin and those those two of they're like friends they've been friends forever and it, it feels like this is this is old school hollywood people getting together and having fun in the best possible way yes Be because i mean often I, I you know we always talk about sometimes the hollywood gets together and they do stuff but it feels really self-indulgent like they're in on the joke and nobody else is but I feel like this is them, everybody bringing along everyone for, I mean, this, this is me talking about season one and just my feelings, feelings about the show in general. And it's great to hear that it sounds like they're carried out into season two. But importantly, we this has to come down to hard maths. Enough about fuzzy feelings. How many stars? I'm giving it four. A four. A four for only murders in the building season I, two. I would I would love to give it five, but I think I think that would probably be unfair, but I can't quite explain why. Yeah, I feel like it needs to be a four, but it is still one of my favorite things. It, I, I'm I mean, so happy. The truth is that it's it's kind of like it's like an Agatha Christie sort of homage, yeah. quite frankly. It's like it's an Agatha. I think every single murder trope. This you could tell this is a show that's made by people that love murder mysteries. They yeah. love murder mysteries. They know what's silly about them. They know what's great about them, and it's like a homage to it. So. Uh, so I always find it very hard to give an homage a five because, well, if they hadn't, if I were through and written anything, you wouldn't have anything to do to homage. But it's, yeah, but I, I, I think I kind of understand what you're talking it's about. A, there. It's a delight. It's a film of people who, well, film, a series of people who are clearly happy to be doing it and are enjoying doing it. Yep. All and, right. that, and that's a joy to watch. All right, and now let us let us fire back over to cinema. Fire back over to cinema in this whistle stop tour through everything that they've thrown at us this week. Thank you, cinema, for giving us stuff to talk about. <laughs> and Fisherman's Friends, one one and all, is the next one that we're going to talk about. Sharon, would you like to take us away? Yes, this is a sequel to the two thousand and nineteen film, I believe, um, called Fisherman's Friends, and it is broadly or loosely based on real events. There is a band um, from Saint. Ives, I believe it is, um, called no, Port Isaac, Port Isaac's Fisherman's Friends. And they were formed in the village and they sang sea shanties together. They were noticed and then they were offered a record deal and then they became a bit of a phenomena for a while. Um, but since then they have, you know, they have been around for a while. 
And this is a sequel to their the unexpected success, I think, of Fisherman's Friends. And it's called Fisherman's Friends One and All. And it basically sees, um, I would describe it when I was talking to Sean about this when we saw it together. You could almost say it was like that, the difficult second album. Yes. And the film mm. is about the difficult second album. They've had their first album, they've had the success. And things aren't going so well for the Fisherman's Friends or the members of it. Um, one of the key events of the first film was the death of one of their parents, of one of the singers, who happened to also be part of the band. And he's just lost his sort of joy for singing and his joy for being part of Fisherman's Friends. And he has become uh, on this descent to like self-destructiveness. And that is a character played by James Perfoy. And much of the film is about him, basically. It's about his journey. Um, through um, the, almost like the breaking up of the band uh, because he's lost that passion for it because it was through his dad, basically, that he had found his love of singing, his love of, of performing. And yeah. so you see his life in crisis and then it broadens. It also draws in the story of um, the Fisherman's Friends, how they... Um, how they move on with their lives, having been so successful that people in the street take photographs of them and that they are asked to advertise fish fingers and things like that. So it's that <laughs> conflict between them doing what they love and then life intruding and then them trying to find a way through. Uh, so without going into specifics, um, yeah, that's broadly it. It's like it's a troublesome second album and how do you follow up that success of the first so, so I mean, everything that you're saying that makes it sound like it could actually be applied to the film, like the troublesome second film, because the first one seemed to be like quite well received, and then they're now this from okay, I didn't, I didn't watch the first one, but this feels this feels like a sequel that's trying to squeeze every last bit of money from the concept. Do they pull it off, Sean? Okay, well, for me, I haven't seen the first one, so I mean, I'm, I'm like you, Toes, and I never saw the first one. So I was quite interested in this. Um, for me, I, I don't know. I, I, personally speaking, I, I, some of the acting I, I felt a bit sort of, I, I wasn't convinced in maybe, is there, I don't know, Sharon, maybe, you know, is there some, actual some characters that maybe were in the real or were, uh, were they all actors? No, not in, they're all actors. They're all actors, yeah. So, I, and and I wasn't convinced with the few sure, of them. Sure, like in that case, no excuse, no excuse. <laughs> you, you know, in the um, first film, you do see the real fisherman's friends. Right, they have a okay. pub quiz, and oh, they're right. in the background. So, when yeah. I went to see it with my brother, I went like, yeah. "Oi, there they are!" Because <laughs> <laughs> they are all they're all like the different teams yeah. are all members That's of the it. fisherman's friends. Yeah. So you do see the real guys in the first film. I, th I, I thought this. Film. I thought this. The the you know some of the scenery was 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 really nice to see. Um. I think what it was was I was expecting an upbeat film, but perhaps I was expecting, you know, like loads of old she channel, hey, hey, you know, 50 men on a dead man's chest and all that. And maybe I was expecting it to be a, a singy song. But like Sharon said, this was very much a, a bit of a downer, really. I thought, you know, it was like, you know, for me personally, I'm not saying it's a bad movie or anything like that. It's just that I wasn't, I, it didn't, it didn't, I wasn't enamored with it. I wasn't, it didn't really appeal to me. And I felt it was a little bit too long as well. But maybe that was. Maybe it was the, expectations. Because mm. some of the, the key elements in this film are dealing with grief, of how course, you deal yes, with yes. that, and yeah. dealing with um, not overnight success because they've been singing a long time, but suddenly beginning the public eye. Mm. So it, it was a yeah, it, there was yeah. these sort of somber notes to it. Um, but I agree with Sean. I mean, I liked the first film, 
Um, but this one, you just wanted them to sing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, we're here for the fishermen's friends. Friends, really. yeah. That's what and I was expecting. We want to hear a bit more. And they they started to sing. Then it only sing like a verse and a chorus. And then it was like cut to the drama. And it'd be like, just give us a song. Song, yeah. <laughs> yes. And so, and I feel one of the characters, I'm trying to think his name, he was the Welsh guy, Morgan. And he is a brilliant actor. And he mm. literally was introduced as this extra fisherman's friend. And he be, um Richard Harrington, great actor in all sorts of things. Mm. Um, but he barely got a word in. No, that's it. it <laughs> and I didn't. thought completely wasted. And mm. it really was James Purfoy's film, which isn't a bad thing, because I do like James Purfoy. Um, but I felt that as a fisherman's friend's film, you want to hear them singing. Singing, yeah. And I would have liked that. It's not a spoiler because it says it, yeah, I think it's in the trailer. Um they eventually they do go to Glastonbury and it's like a, one of the like another sub title of the film could be um the road to glastonbury mm. <laughs> um, but that was, it was almost like just tacked on the end the film isn't really about that you do see them at glastonbury um but it isn't about the journey it's like a personal one of this man's journey through his grief and his sort of learning to live with that and learning to find new ways of coping with his circumstances and it's his journey not the journey of the fisherman's mm. friends to Glastonbury so I feel like it was almost slightly misleading to call it a fisherman's friends film and it's really about one man's journey um through navigating his way through life without his someone he loved right so Sharon I have to say thank you very much for the public mm. service you've just done and teaching me how to pronounce his last name because all these years <laughs> I have been saying Purifoy <laughs> <laughs> So Purfoy, never, never realized that. That never even crossed. I was just saying Purifoy. All right, cool. but how many stars would you give? Would you guys give this? I'd give it a three. I thought I, I liked it. There's lots to like about it because of its a sombre note, but it didn't quite deliver what you really wanted, which was the fisherman's friend singing shanties. Yeah. Um, so I would give it a three. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Sharon. I was expect. I think I was expecting a quite a few because there was only probably one or two actual shanties until Glastonbury that were actually in, in the whole film. So. It probably disappointed me a little bit, but it's not it's, it's not that bad that it deserves a two, so I'll have to give it a three as well. So I'll give it yeah. a three as well. We're going to have to wait for Fisherman's Friends, the musical, Sean. Okay. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then we might get that. All right, cool. And now we go back to Netflix and Friends, and this is actually on Netflix. And I'm going to talk about Untold. Now, Untold is, and when I wrote this on the WhatsApp group to, to you guys, I wrote Untold colon dot dot dot. Because Untold is a series, and it's a series we have established on this show that the thing Netflix does well, and the thing that Netflix needs to stand out from all the other streaming things, is documentaries. Mm, and yes. documentaries, uh, we spoke, I mean, Sharon, you reviewed a Netflix documentary in Trainwreck last week, and we said, okay, Netflix does documentaries, and they do good documentaries. This is a documentary series, but it's all about sporting things. It's all about sports sporting stories so the and i and each one of them is like is well it's a film in its own right the way they they go about it is it's a film in its own right so i am going to attempt to i'm not going to talk about all of them because they've released a whole bunch of new ones but they uh, i the one that i love the most is one called breaking point which is all about tennis because you guys know i'm a big tennis fan and it's about marty fish and like the mental things that he had and that's the one i really wanted to talk about but then i started thinking what do people actually want to hear? And as and the second I started imagining myself reviewing a documentary about tennis, I could see Sean's eyes glazing over. <laughs> no, so, no, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I've got. I mean, all sports are doing. No. It's, yeah. No. I, just, so yeah, there's. I, I can see Sean's eyes glazing over. So looking at all of them, we have. There's two of them that I reckon that you would actually that would would like. There's one called Malice at the Palace, which is about a massive fight that broke out between the oh, I've forgotten the name of the two teams. 
but the, it was it was both two basketball teams, two NBA teams. Ooh. What Sean? Do you know what team did Reggie Miller play for? Uh, I don't offhand. I don't. Okay, offhand, no, no. I'm afraid. It was it, he wasn't the Detroit Pistons, but the team that Reggie Miller played for. And it's about how there was this one season where they were going to actually like get the NBA. They looked like they were going to they were going to go for the NBA title. And there was this one massive brawl that derailed the whole season. That Ooh. started off with a paper cup that got thrown thrown onto one of their players. And it's a it's a it's a forensic thing of what happened that night. So untold malice at the palace. I think you would like that one. But the Indiana one Indiana Pacers. Indiana Pacers. That's it. Indiana yes. Pacers. It was yeah. the Indiana Never heard Pacers. Of them. Yeah, and they were playing against. Um, there was a there was a player called Ron Artest who was a bit of a who had a bit of a short fuse, and it is. I mean, there is pathos, there is incident. That is, and what what happened from this one event? How it went on to affect these people's lives? Because from being touted for the championship, the fact that they never won the championship, brilliant, brilliant storytelling. But the one that I think that you would like the most, because this is the one that's structured like a film, is called Untold Crime and Penalties, and this is about. So you know the um, NHL. So the yeah, NHL, hockey the National League. Hockey yeah. League, yeah. there's there's a level below the NHL. Where, and it's about this guy who has money. And everybody thought, how on earth does he have this money? He might be a little bit dodgy, but he was from this town somewhere. I think it's in New York State. And he was from this town. So everybody just sort of like, you know, left the guy alone. I didn't ask too many questions. And his for his son's 18th birthday, he buys his son the local hockey team. So his son becomes his eighteen-year-old son becomes the um the owner, the the owner, the chairman. He gets to pick a he gets to build a team, gets to pick a, and his eighteen-year-old son is running this whole thing, and it, it becomes this whole and it honestly this thing is like a Scorsese movie. Wow. Almost all the characters are like Scorsese characters from Goodfellas. They have names like Scorsese characters from Goodfellas. They all they also like talking they they end up calling them the Danville Trashers. The name of the team is the Danville Trashers because <laughs> because they run the local um trash uh, disposal thing they, they run the so they, they have all the trash trucks they pick up all the stuff from different places. There's like a little bit of organized crime going on in there and the FBI get involved and everything like that. And, 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 but they go through this whole... And what I love about Untold as a season, as a series of sports documentaries, is they go into forensic details of what did this team mean to the people within the town? Because this town had nothing going on. This town was kind of like, you know, was like a backwater, nothing going on. It's the kind of place where you have one, the shopping mall shuts down and then everybody's out of a job. It's that kind of place. And it's kind of a down... And the only thing that was good in this town, the only thing that was holding people up in this town was this hockey team and how people would go there and all the opposition hated going to this team and they bring all the players back and they interview the players there's these two twin brothers who were both them there's one player who only has one eye there's there's all sorts of stuff so it's just characters up the wazoo talking about this team and how this team fell apart because it ended up being part of an fbi investigation because it seems that it was bought with mob money Uh essentially that's so, right. it look, yes 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 sure i was gonna say how long how long are the episodes uh each one of them is about an hour all right okay cool. i think some some might be over some of them might be over an hour but the stories i think the storytelling in untold is brilliant i think it is brilliant and it goes and tells you these sports stories that you might not have uh, you might not have. i mean i mean at each one of them i look at them there's one of them called um ride with the devil it's about a female boxer and about what she was actually going through it, what she was actually going through at home while she was having all this success and what was going on in the background and all that there's one about caitlin jenner which is probably is the only one that was originally where I, did, I didn't watch because 
person I think too much noise is made about Caitlyn Jenner. So, <laughs> so, um, uh, so yeah, it's, but I, I think it's great. I would, and if I was going to recommend one to watch, Sean, I think Untold, Crime and Punishment, because Crime I think you'd like, but also cool. Malice at the Palace. I think those two. So, my, my, I'm trying not to review the whole thing. I'm trying to review each, but the one I would put forward to sort of like is Crime and Punishment, is the most like a film. It's like Goodfellas, <laughs> honestly. What? So, so what I, sh I should try and do sometime is I should try and catch up with it and we can do one of our episode by episode things. Wait, episode by episode, episode untold. I'll try to do that. Mm. Be, be warned, they have released, they've released more. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've, they've, they've just released more. There's one of them, The Rise and Fall of And One, which I'm actually quite interested in because I remember And One being a massive brand and that all suddenly disappeared. And I'm like, where the hell did that go? And they have one that's a two-parter one that's called The Girlfriend Who Disappeared about an American football college star who... Had this whole season where he was talking about how what was inspiring was the fact that his girlfriend had died on the eve of the season and the girlfriend didn't exist. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so I said, you see, okay, now all your faces, from all your faces, what I'm seeing from that is they these people know how to give you a good hook. Yes. <laughs> to make you go, I want to actually watch that. So Untold, I would give, give it a four. I would give Untold Crime and Punishment a four out of five for that. Now we go back to cinemas. We go back to cinemas and we go to a film that I'm probably looking forward to more than any of the other cinema things we have this week. And this is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. <laughs> now, okay, Sharon, I can see the will, drain, will to live draining <laughs> from your eyes. But, but before the will totally disappears... Tell us about this film, and then Sean can come in with his with his baseball bat. <laughs> okay, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> well, bodies, bodies, bodies. Was bad, bad, bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's the premise is a group of useless young people are um, having a hurricane party. One, a, a part of this group of people are very wealthy and they have these big gated homes mm -hmm. with like swimming pools land big mansion -y type house and they have this party there to sit out a hurricane and they're going to use that as an excuse to get drunk and high and um generally get up cavort. the cavort and they're going to um yeah all sort of crash out there in this mansion and watch the storm pass and and so they will get there and you all there's sort of there's um, mainly girls. There's two men. Uh, one of them is a much older a sort of boyfriend of one of the parties, and one of them is like the the, the host, host yeah. of this party. And then there's the is it five women, four or five women? Five, I think five. five you women. are so toxic right now. That's in the trailer, yeah. by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so they gather in this party, and then because of um, they will have their they have like the rioters you know, romping about in the swimming pool and getting drunk. And then as it quietens down and the storm comes in, they decide, yeah, let's play a game. One of the games is called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And basically, um, one per they have, they I can't remember how it started, but anyway, one person is nominated to be the victim. And then when they are, and you know, they don't know who the murderer is, but all the lights go out. Then the person who is like touched on the back has to pretend to die. And then the others have to work out who killed them. And then this is like the start of basically there is a real death in the house. And then they will basically sort of start turning on each other, trying to work out who actually killed this person. Yeah. I, and I then think, the rest I mean, of the film is stupid people doing stupid things. I think the game the game might be called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies in America, but I've also heard it called Mafia. But, 
I, I think right. used to play a game similar called Murder in the Dark. That's what we yeah, used yeah, to yeah, call yeah, Murder yeah. in yeah, the I Dark. Think yeah, we played sort of similar things without, mm. you know, obviously real people dying. Yes. Uh, there's but... also a version of it in um, Only Murders in the Building this time. In series. Oh, right. Okay. Which sounds but like it's it done basically... way better than here. <laughs> in, the, in this basically, film... Basically, the film is people just doing stupid things. And I got to the point halfway through the film when a gun appears and I said to to Sean and I wish they'd just shoot them all she and did. let's get out of here. How many times, that's what I was just going to say, how many times did me and Sharon look at each other like that? We, we, we looked, looked at Sharon each other. was sat there and it was like, what? What? And she said to me, she looked at me and she said, I wish they'd shoot, shoot everybody. I wish they'd just... Put us out of misery. Oh, this was... Oh, I'll tell you what, I, I was like, we were horrified, really. We were, we were waiting to go. We, we even looked at each other, I think, and at one point we were thinking, no, we must suffer this. We must suffer this because it's just got to be reviewed on the thing. When and it gets down to like three people, we're thinking, surely it can't go much longer. longer. Surely it. they'll just kill each other and then we can just go. I think, but what is the strangest thing? When I went to see, I was talking to it about, because I went to get an ice cream, like an ice cream when I went went to the cinema and I was talking to the, one of the young lad. He went, oh, I rather like that. So I think it might be, yeah, it might be a, generation. a generational thing. I'm pretty certain that if you're of a certain generation, that I don't know what they call it now, X, Y, W, W, whatever, or Z. <laughs> young. But young, that's it. Yeah, yeah, the Y generation, young. But because it, it, the language, the stuff they use, the, everything, and it's just like, it was it all. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and there's certain things like the life of their phones that all of them seem to use their phones for everything yeah, and i'm thinking laugh? the battery life on their phones must be just limitless yeah, because if, you're, if i run around using my torch my phone is dead within about mm, half an hour yeah. and these ones have up there it's like the film lasted overnight so it was like 12 hours later so they're still using their phones i'm like <laughs> what charge well, well, have you got well, on and then the, and then the, and then the end like at the end when they find the phone more. it's like oh right okay that's rather convenient <laughs> you know, well, so I'm not fine. But anyway, there Sharon, you go. Sharon, perhaps the whole film was just sort of like you know a really elaborate backdoor advert for the phone, and saying Sharon, yeah. buy this phone because you can go you can go for a murder <laughs> yeah. all night. Product placement. <laughs> yeah, all of them have the phones that never seem to wear down or go mm -hmm. ping, 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 or no signal. They always seem to be fully charged all the whole time. Okay. Yeah, but it just did to me. The whole plot just didn't make any sense. The people yeah. do things that you, but they think. That, perhaps why that, perhaps would you that is that? what young people do. Perhaps young people do do that sort hey, of thing. Maybe. Perhaps people they are. Oh no! no. Should I not to say that? <laughs> no, no. Oh no! Oh, that, oh, try. Uh, do you remember there was a time when Mel Gibson was coming up with a? He was having one of his comebacks, and he did a film. I can't remember what the name of the film was, but he had a daughter in it. And oh yeah, yeah. Quite, uh, he had mm. a daughter, and it was all about him trying to save his daughter, trying to hold it. And I remember watching this film and saying. I don't understand. I can't believe that she would be that with a phone. And Sean, you were like, no, but toes, that's what they're like. I've they got are, a teenage yeah, daughter yeah. at home. That's exactly what they do. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you telling me that. So but I do think because looking at the cast for this film, and especially I was talking about actors who kind of put me off. And this has Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson yeah. is the owner of the house and is the host of the party that you said. Yeah. And the second that you cast Pete Davidson, I feel I know exactly what this film is. And I know exactly who the target audience of this film is. And I don't think it's me. <laughs> no, I think it was probably aimed at like a jackass type yeah. audience. We we, we didn't really might, know. might find it funny because yeah. people were saying, 
is it because I was speaking to someone at the cinema world as well and they were saying oh is it because you didn't get the humour well, I didn't find the Romelita's a bit funny. <laughs> no, 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 no I didn't see any obvious humour in it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's a it's a bit like I'll tell you what. The, this film made me think a little bit of. There's a TV show called Euphoria. I'm not sure if any of you have ever watched an episode of Euphoria that no. has been winning all the awards and has been getting so much love and everybody's oh my god, it's one of the best things ever. Can't stand it. I watched one episode and I thought, oh, is that it? And I just left and I haven't got, <laughs> I have not come back. And I and I, I feel like it's one of these things where there's every now and then um i mean we reviewed raw a couple of weeks ago in which i was like holly come help me out here because i'm a man and i don't think i i can speak about this um <laughs> appropriately and i feel like and I, th- I think we're beginning to get to that where there might be some stuff i need to go say okay get a young person in here explain this nonsense to me <laughs> but anyway how many stars how many stars would you guys give bodies 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 to be kind maybe Two. Oh, I was thinking two. I was thinking, can we give a one? One. I mean, I two. really, yeah, I, I would say this is the worst film I've seen. This year. Yeah. It was. It was. Um, I just found it was just interminable. Too but, long. Yeah. Too from, much from of a, everything, and not yeah. enough of something else. Yeah. <laughs> so, so for me, for me personally, it's probably one of the worst films I've seen this year. I think. Um. So yeah. So, I mean. So was would you say it was more the um more the plotting didn't make sense or was it just the characters that you just couldn't attach just to everything? Which one? It was everything. Toast. It was both. I those, and the yeah, plot both. made no sense, and the characters were universally pointless. Pointless. It's one of those things. A... If they had, there are survivors, and I imagine if the hurricane had destroyed the entire house, it would be no great loss. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Oh oh oh! Ooh, moving on. Oh, <laughs> There's one member of the cast uh, off the top of them. I think, yeah, she's actually very good. What's going on here? Um, uh, um, what's it? Um, oh, yes, Amanda Stenberg. Oh, yeah, Amanda, Amanda Stenberg is good. And uh, and also it's got the lady who got nominated for an Oscar for being Borat's sister, Maria Balikova. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. yeah apparently so they've got some decent people in there and they still managed to produce an unspeakably shit film. <laughs> Yeah. I, 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 you might like it, Holly. I mean, no, he's only. I, I, I think it's a different. It's it's like you know when you had um you know when you, these comedies came along that were mostly improvised and there were certain people yes. who sort of really liked that, so we hated that. And you had that there was a there was a period of film that was called Mumblecore, which was all supposed to be all a bit down and indie, and everybody just sort of like and nothing really happened. And some people really get into that, and I think this might be that kind of film that is it has a sort of milieu to use a fancy word it had it has it has a milieu about it that i just don't think is me i don't think i would get and the the people who get it would think it's the best thing ever but moving over back to streaming life and all that and this is apple tv plus now holly you already had apple tv plus you are not really part of sharon and my you know five month five month to try and get through everything on apple tv plus you already had it although i did watch this and i watched this as part of my five month thing to get through everything sean you want to say something yeah i was going to say i recently did it as well but i haven't really watched much on it <laughs> i did the barclay card thing because i got a barclay card and i haven't yeah. really seen that much oh, I, I, I think you might like c sean s-e-e yeah i think you might that's like that's what c. i'm planning to watch and yeah. um the star trek all right okay cool Quite good. Strange New Worlds is on Apple TV Plus. Or is that on Paramount? No, no, that that'll be on Paramount. T- that'll be that'll That's be on Paramount. Paramount Plus. I get the yeah. two modeled up because yeah. I joined them both at the same time on a free deal. And they all have Plus in the title. I mean, come up yeah. with something else, people. Disney Plus, Paramount Plus, Apple TV, whatever. But anyway, um, Holly, tell us about Loot. 
Okay, so uh, Lute's lead character uh, is called Molly Novak, and she is played by Maya Rudolph. Yes. She is the wife, long-standing wife, of a Silicon Valley billionaire. And she lives in this, this wonderful, glamorous lifestyle in a palatial house with a personal Michelin-starred chef and full coterie of maids, walk-in designer wardrobes, a wonderful personal assistant who is, uh, is who camps things up to high heaven and plays, you know, the archetypal, you know, male, uh, male personal assistant with views. And she's, you know, incredibly happy and it's, you know, living this ridiculous life. She's just been given, uh, at the start, she's been given a, she's off on a, on a very very fancy speedboat to be given her birthday present which is a giant yacht with multiple swimming pools i mean it's it's all completely ridiculous this over over the top lifestyle and yeah. um, then go back and are celebrating her birthday with the grace and the good there and she suddenly discovers that her husband is having an affair with his assistant uh oh um, uh oh that's trouble so yeah. this, this we we've got to in the first 10 minutes uh, and so she uh, promptly storms into the house and says, "I want it, says I want a divorce," and she gets one. There is no prenup, obviously. They've been together since you know they, they were, were in college. He, yeah, she was you know funding everything whilst he was building stuff in the garage. So she suddenly finds herself a multi-billionaire. Uh, I believe she starts off the film with something like eight the film. This is a series with something like eighty-seven billion dollars. Eighty-seven billion dollars, yeah. At and it's suddenly you know just goes and lives that continues to live the high life, getting blind drunk and going to ridiculous parties and all sorts of things, and then suddenly realizes she doesn't have a purpose in life anymore. And she's suddenly received quite a lot of criticism for this, you know, high living idiocy and gets contacted about a foundation that she had unknowingly set up many years before as you do i often forget about the foundations i've just set up on the side and she goes in to sign some papers and suddenly decides that actually she could have purpose in life by getting involved in this foundation which works with underprivileged people to provide housing and all sorts of things so she sort of stumbles into this with the you know tone deaf approach that you would expect from somebody who's had that much money for a very long time she tries to learn to reconnect with her uh, with people it turns out her cousin works there even though she didn't actually remember he was her cousin um and by him tries to reconnect with with her black family whom she has lost all touch with and along the way there is a, a love interest and all sorts of things as she tries to figure out who she is um, sitcom shenanigans happen sitcom shenanigans happen uh with you know underlying messages of it's you know it's good to be a good person and you know trying to trying to make trying to be a, as good as you can in the face of insurmountable yeah. money getting in your way it, it's it's kind of one of these shows it's a show that is trying to be critical about the one percent so to say it's trying to be critical about the one percent and be like oh isn't it terrible that oh they have all this money but at the same time it's almost kind of reveling in how much money these people 
like it's it's kind of like it's kind of, isn't it terrible these people have all this money but there's a certain bit of it that you're watching and going it would be nice to have that much money i mean she's just taking a helicopter to lunch i mean <laughs> what's good I mean, I'm, you know, feeling decadent, thinking I might get an Uber into the office in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so, um, so, what did you think of this, um, Holly? Or what did you think of this? I really enjoyed it. I, um, I, I gave up on it. When I, I paused for a while when I'd run out of new episodes and then owned, must have taken three or four weeks off and then came back to it. Because, yeah. they're, because they're releasing one episode a week as Apple TV do. Yeah. Which I really struggle with, obviously. <laughs> Not used to this. I'm House of the Dragon and about to be, you know, Wings of Power. I'm going to lose my mind. Um, <laughs> no, I, so it, it, I did need to come back to it. And there would be a point where I paused where I thought, oh, I'm not, I'm not quite sure I'm there now. But actually, I'm so glad I, I did go back. I found it was a really enjoyable series. Um, very pleased to have watched it. All right, all right, cool. Because um, and I'm going to ask you how many stars that you give it in a second. Because I watched it and I, 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 I thought it was all right. I thought it was sort of standard sitcom fare. Standard sort of because it, it sort of turns into an office place sitcom because they start trying to bring in the characters in the in the foundation. And the more the more the show goes along, the more you realize it's really it's not really about her or her her ex-husband and it's about the characters in the foundation there's one of them who, who might be a love interest there's um there's someone called by uh played by the lady sophia salinas who is played by mj rodriguez yeah played by mj rodriguez is kind of like you know the sort of uptight person to her fun loving self and there's and there's all these things where they all try and help each other carry on with their lives as i said so far so said coming and the notes that it ends on it because there's this whole thing about the wealth and what do you do about all this wealth and it ends on this almost kind of uh, activist note, so to say, yeah, almost a sort of activist note as to what you do with all the wealth, and it is a note that I did not like because I don't think it works. I I, I didn't like it either. I, d I don't like it because I don't think it works. It it's 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 like the final episode was written by a by by a university student who had read some Karl Marx. That, that's, <laughs> that 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 was that that's what it felt like to me. So so I mean, um, I I'm just gonna say I'll, I'll give it probably a three. I'll give it a three. I may be back for season two. I may not be back for season two. Well, well actually, what am I talking about? My five months with Apple TV Plus will be up, so I won't be back. For <laughs> so, yeah, what I, about, what I, give you, Holly? Three, I give it a three as well, and I'm not sure I'll be back for season two. I enjoyed watching it. I'm glad I watched it. You say I didn't like the way it ended. Yeah, they, so they don't like I, it ended. if I'm really bored, then I might watch season two. But I'm not going to hunt it down. But I'm glad I went back and watched the rest of it. Yeah, because the way it ends makes me know, makes me feel like I already know what season two is going to be, and I don't think it's going to be good. <laughs> no, well, I think I, I'm sort of bored in advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm bored. I'm bored. Uh, but um, right. And now we go back to cinemas for the final thing of a bumper uh, bumper crop this week, and that is the invitation. Sean, the invitation. you saw the invitation. You I and your lonesome saw this. Tell us about the invitation. Okay, the invitation. I, I mean, I didn't really know much about. It. I think I might have seen the trailer. Um, I think uh, one or the other. Anyway, so I went to watch this. This is a, um, it's an American girl played by. She played Miss Sandy in Game of Thrones. Um, is it Natalie Emanuel? Yes. And I mean, I think she's she's class. She's she's. I mean, uh, so basically, she she decides she's the only one of her mum's died, and she decides she's going to have this DNA test. She see this DNA test advertised, and then this thing arrives. Said, "Oh, I'm one of your cousins from from England. You know, would you like to meet up for?" so she meets meets this guy who's really convincing really nice sort of uh 
what what what's what's the word nice but tim dim yeah yeah real englishman like oh yeah well you must come and all that and she's like oh i don't know well there's going to be a big wedding at this house he says look i'll pay you can go business class you can do this and she talks with her mate and she's like what do you reckon says, yeah yeah what have you got to do so she jets over to this this house this big big gothic house obviously um there's a little thing at the start that says oh yeah and yeah he, he lives in whitby you know it's like this huge uh uh-oh. Huge, huge mansion house. You know, oh, Whitby? We all know about Whitby. You guys know, oh, got, know what happens in Whitby. I, I don't you don't know, know about, about Whitby. Whitby? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then, okay. Well, perhaps, perhaps we'll tell you later. Sharon does. So anyway, she goes to this this thing and she meets all these 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 different families, all the, the well-to-do families of everything. And she sort of has this bit of a thing. The chap who owns the house, um, he sort of, he's like really, and, and he's convincing and you could understand. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a lady, but you could, fall for his charm sort of thing you could you really i could see how she could sort of uh you know someone would think oh yeah you know nice well-spoken englishman quite good looking blah 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 blah, blah. and obviously Hugh Grant fantasy are you, yeah yeah that type of thing so <laughs> and then then it turns into sort of uh you know a bit of a should we say i don't know what do you call it gothic horror or or what but the one thing i will say about this film okay that's that's basically the the story Whit- whitby is the place where a famous character comes from or, or arrived when they arrived in this country anyway the one thing i would be now yeah uh the one thing i would say about this is the acting out of the film the acting was really really spot on the acting was really really convincing and and i i thought even the nice tim nice but dim character was really really convincing and most most of the the major parts were convincing and the families were convincing it was all really really quite interesting i wouldn't really say it's a horror film i would say this is more of like a a gothic uh, yeah gothic gothic like because she even really? says at the beginning she even says oh this is a bit like jane eyre you know she even says and that's in the trailer i think you know she says oh it's like like something out of jane eyre um so yeah and then but the end feels a little bit rushed and you know a little bit um what should we say I don't know. It was the ending didn't quite convince me, but the 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 I could see what the film was trying to do. It was trying to sort of pay a little bit of a homage to the because I mean the the settings are really nice. The drawing room and the locked room. You can't go in there. You know you've got like the secret passages and things. And you know it's very very this house is very very gothic. And she she sort of comes out and she wakes up and she decides to come out and like all the the people are lined up and talk. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of intrigue and a lot of right where might this go um and then obviously it goes a bit pear-shaped for for the you know for the for natalie what is it, uh, yeah so it goes a bit pear-shaped for at the end but she's quite smart i like what i liked about this what i liked about this is she's quite smart to, to, to some degree she's quite a i would say and convincingly so not 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 silly so you know she uses her head although it doesn't go particularly well sometimes but she does use her head a little bit and in some of the situations she gets into and she was class she was brilliant absolutely loved her yeah. i think she's she she was she was really really good the guy who who's like the the main villain should we say is very very convincing and i could understand how someone like that could be really really persuasive to yeah. a lady especially an american lady who, who might be suffered a charm so so yeah so the actor i thought the acting was first class i thought the cinematography was was really really first class I wouldn't say it was a, a classic of time. The ending seemed a bit rushed and a bit like, you know, so, so you had this nice little 
build up to the yeah. to the ending and then it, it, it sort of fell on its face a little bit so yeah i wasn't i oh talking of <laughs> that yeah there still he is, here. there he is. Whitby, Whitby. Oh my God, they're coming to get me. It's bodies, bodies, bodies. <laughs> the lights have gone out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Quick, grab your so, phone. That was well timed, Toes. That was well timed. Because, yeah. So to sum this up, I would I would really like the girls to see this film, to see what they think, because they might hate it. But I was intending to see it with you, but I, I had know, a, that's what I mean. another yeah, yeah, yeah. invitation. So, yeah, I, I like the sound of it. Yeah. I, 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 no, I, Knowing the Whitby um, connection. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, it's okay. I just did a good Google and I know the connection too. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, any, anyone, listen, anyone listening to this, you go Google and you go Google and then you can be in a Whitby club. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm and, reading and I, the book as it happens. So, it's very yeah. fresh. So, that's good. So, I would, I would if you get a chance. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd probably see it again because I, I probably would find it a bit long, but I would I would like Sharon to get Sharon's take on this. And I don't want to build it up too much because yeah. it is, no. you know, it could be. But I would just really like to see, well, because I think the acting is first class. And as I okay. say, if it could be like a gothic romance, then... I like a bit of gothic melodrama, mm. so I might. You'll probably hate it. You're yeah. probably going to say that would be like rubbish. Um, I would say, Chorn. <laughs> okay, okay. Sure, 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 two questions. Two questions. You're Go. talking about... Okay, uh, you're talking about this woman who gets invited into a big mansion with a whole bunch of people and then things go wrong and she has to use her wits about her. Yes. This sounds, on the surface, superficially similar to Ready or Not, if you remember that uh, film. Yes, I, I do, yes, 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 yes. Would you say, is it is it kind of like similar to Ready or Not or am I reading too much into that? Uh, no, probably similar, but more serious. More, you know, it's a more, it's, it's debate. Yeah, prob probably, I don't know, I, 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 can see, I can see why you might think that. But probably yeah. not, probably not, probably not quite that much, to, okay. too much, no characters, because you know pretty much, you, you've got an idea straight away of, of who's what and, and who's yeah. what, and you can, you can see where it's going, so, yeah. So yeah. Okay. But, yeah. okay, cool, that's, that's question one. Question two, how many stars? Uh, I'll give it a three, I'll give it a three, because I, okay. uh, you know, I'll give it a three. Three stars for The Invitation. Although, I was just thinking about this. Okay, today we have spoken about, let's have a look at this. We had bodies, bodies, bodies. I'm sorry to remind you guys about it, but we had um, the invitation. And Sean, you spoke a couple of weeks or months ago about a film called All My Friends Hate Me. Which oh, yes. Are all, which are all coming around at the same time and all seem to be a group of people stuck in a house. And it makes me wonder, I think these are all COVID movies. I think these are all yeah. COVID movies. Toast, what? Yes. <laughs> you it, could be right. It yes. just struck me because you have one a small, location, you have small cast set, of characters, yeah. one location, easy, easier mm -hmm. to handle because of the whole COVID protocols and everything like that. And and it made me start thinking, hang on, maybe I sh maybe we should be looking out for this, looking out for films that have been released in the last year or are going to be released now. Maybe now they just finished editing them and we're going to get a glut of films that have COVID. Quite a small oh, well, cast. Yeah. Good, luck to you. good luck to you, Leo Grand. Grand, yes. Good, good luck to you, Leo Grant. So this one, this one, this one please. from the trailer I've seen, uh, you know, height or whatever it's called, or flight, fall, fall. fall that's it, that's yeah, it, flight fall, fall. goes. <laughs> um, you know, that looks like it's probably just, you know, got a, yeah, a yeah, few it looks, people it looks in. Like it, might, it might be a two-hander. Yeah. So it, so I'm beginning to think, I think this might, I think these might be COVID movies. These mm. are all movies that they managed to make during the pandemic and they managed to make it because they could do it and i thank them for it because if mm. we're going to get them and if it, if it's going to make people be a little bit more inventive and we're going to see the results of that inventiveness now i'm all for it so yeah so well done to makers of invitation but that's just that's just my 
my observation, I reckon the Mayoli Cove movies. All right, cool. Now we're going to the final thing, the final thing of a marathon, of a marathon uh, thing today. And this is Wolf Walkers on, of course, Apple TV Plus, because I am trying to make all the way through, um, get all the way through this. Now, this is a hand-drawn animation film that is made by an Irish, uh, 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 an Irish thing called Cartoon Station. I believe that's what it's called. It's and it is they have they are known for making the I think most of the stuff they've done has been hand drawn but almost everything that they've done has been Oscar nominated because people say it's quite good it's quite nice but it comes from quite an Irish perspective and you know um over the last couple of weeks I have told you that when we spoke about prey I spoke to you about how I see colonialism everywhere <laughs> <laughs> that it's just it's just it's just where my mind is at the moment I see colonialism everywhere it wasn't very hard with this film because this film is about colonialism but it's about colonialism in Ireland so I don't know exactly what time period it's set in but uh it's i guess it's probably pre-industrial but you have this i this people in an irish village and you have the english people who've been set over sent over like the they call them something like the the grandmaster general or something like that who has been who has been sent over to ireland and he is and he's essentially been sent over by the king of england he's in ireland and his whole thing is i'm going to come civilize this place and i'm going to cut down the i'm going to cut down the forest and i'm going to build like a town and stuff like that and that's what he's supposed to do. You have a dad who is played by Sean Bean, and the animation of this because it's 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 undeniably Sean Bean's voice. When you hear the voice, you go, "Okay, that's Sean Bean." But even though the animation style of Wolf Walkers is not particularly lifelike, but they have managed to do in their sort of weird, angular, sort of big-legged, small torso way, it looks like Sean Bean. You're like, "Oh my god, that that does actually look like Sean Bean." <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it's and it's so he he plays the dad and he has a daughter who and his his job he's the Wolf Finder General. That's it, Wolf Finder General. And his job is to go into the forest catch all the wolves and get rid of all the wolves because then they can knock down the wallet they can knock down the forest and then they can civilize the place so there were a lot of these things that triggers for me quite frankly that when it like you know the whole colonialism thing of going out there and the whole idea of civilizing this place because these people don't do the things the way we do them back in london and i was just kind of like already i was like okay i think i wouldn't like this film come on down with the bad english people <laughs> but the, the reason it's called wolf walkers is because there is a pack of wolves in this town in, in the in the forest but it turns out that they're not all just wolves because there's some people called wolf walkers and i think this might be an irish myth thing where it's a mother and a daughter and when they fall asleep when they fall asleep, once they they fall asleep in the human form, and they go then the human form is asleep somewhere, but then a wolf form sort of comes out of the body, and the wolf form sort of like strays around the whole forest at night. So once they're asleep, they're a wolf. When they're when they're awake, they're humans. And this this girl who is um the the Sean Bean character's daughter, I can't remember anybody's names. The Sean Bean's character's daughter, who has been brought over from England, they never really mention their mum. I think there's not sure whether her mum is dead or whether her mum is back in England. And she sort of follows her dad around because she just wants to hang out with her dad. And dad is like, no, it's dangerous. Go back home, lass. And all that. And she, and she follows him in there. And then once she gets caught by something, has an altercation with the wolf and gets bitten by the wolf. Then when she falls asleep, she starts finding out that she starts having weird dreams. And she turns out that the wolf walkers, if a wolf walker bites you, you become a wolf walker yourself. And then it becomes this whole thing, which I think is really a... It becomes an allegory because there's the whole sort of like, you know, um, nature versus industrialization. Is it right to cut down forests if you want to build this whole thing? There's the whole colonialism thing because it's like the Irish versus the English. There's that. And it's the, the, 
the the I, I keep wanting to call him Witchfinder General or Lord Master, Grandmaster, whatever he's called, the guy who has been sent over by the king to to and he's been given the mandate to civilize this place. He is kind of like a hissable pantomime baddie. It's like you know everything he does is like I'm going to civilize this place. I am going to show you before God and man and all that. I just sort of think okay, yeah, you know, he's the bad hissy hissy bad guy that you got. And it's I really really like this. I think it's really really good. But I've already told you reasons why. Uh, but I think also the animation is done really well. I think the characterization is done quite well. I think the myth of it is actually done. You know when we're talking about. Um, beast breaking its own rules i think this has very simple rules and it just follows the, it, it follows them through and it follows them it follows the what would happen if this went along what would happen if this if you had these rules and you had somebody coming from england trying to civilize a whole bunch of irish people what would go with that so i thought it was really really good i would give this I would give it a four, just about give it a four, because on one hand, on one level, it's quite straightforward. It's quite straightforward. It's, um, I guess, Fern Gully. If you've seen Fern Gully, you've probably seen a bit of this storyline before. If it, there's a bit of it that's a little bit Disney, there's a bit of it that's possibly a little bit like Pocahontas or Beauty and the Beast. Like that, the story, the bones of the story, are having done, I've uh, done a lot of times. But the telling of the story, and I quite like it, and I like the fact that it, it. I feel like they're trying to shine a light on something that happened in Ireland that people might not know, but doing it in a sort of like kid-friendly way. <laughs> so it's it's a bit subversive, which I kind of like. So um, I would give Wolf Walkers a four out of five, and I would um, recommend that uh, that we everybody with uh, Apple TV five point things <laughs> go find Wolf Walkers. Although, so Sharon, I said I think you would like it, but also hate it. Hate it because of course it's animated and it's your kryptonite. But like it because of the period setting and because of the way that the story is told. And also the Irish connection, because I know your family have some Irish roots. Yeah, way back. Yeah, way back. Yeah, cool. We're cool, talking good. about 700 years back. but Which is probably when this one was set. So we're all, so we're all good. <laughs> so we're all good. So, um, uh, yeah, but yeah, that's it. So we've gone to the end of all of our reviews for this week, for this show. Whew, that was a bit of a marathon one. that one it was a bit of a marathon who do you think won oh, i think i think the streaming won it hands down this week yeah, yeah. i think there's no uh, contest this week i yeah. think bodies 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 has destroyed the <laughs> damaged, damaged cinema <laughs> yeah, certainly yeah. for me and sharon oh, oh yeah, yeah. Bo bodies 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 has claimed another victim and that <laughs> <laughs> all the lights went out and when the lights came back on cinema was dead on the floor so, <laughs> so, so yes yes you guys are correct it is obviously i, I, I guess the thing is we're seeing it at cinema if you do see a film at cinema you you stay to the end or we stay to the end whereas if you was to see something like that on a streaming platform it probably would have probably would have given up yeah you probably give it up it would probably be like Netflix coming up three years and going, hey, do you want to finish watching this? Yes, oh. that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. I've got that. Continue watching. You've only watched half of one episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And how do you remove them? How do you get them to stop saying that to you? Oh, 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 you can actually do that. Okay. You can actually, you, you can go, I think, I think, well, with I use a Chromecast on TV, and I think if you if you hold the button down on whatever it is on Netflix, it gives you an option to remove this from your list. Ah. Uh, Okay. Yeah. But what if it's in not on your list? It's just they keep saying, but you watched this. Do you want to finish watching it, even if it's not in your list? Oh, I don't think you can stop that. 
<laughs> there's like the whole continue watching thing, isn't there? And at one point, my continue watching band on the screen <laughs> quite yeah, yeah. wide because <laughs> I started watching stuff. I went now, yeah, uh, yeah nah. <laughs> no, no, I, I have the same. Thing. I, have a, I, have, I have a long band of. Do you want to keep watching this? No, no, I do not want to keep watching this. Stop bothering me. And it's it's kind of like you know when people come around your house and knocking on the door, and you're just trying to hide. You're like, it's like yeah. you just pull the curtains and hide down, duck behind the sofa. Eventually, they will go away. <laughs> so like that that oh, anyway. But anyway, until next week when we will talk about Mr. Malcolm's list, which is something that we didn't have space for this week, so we pushed it on to next week. And we'll probably talk about fall, and we'll probably talk about the Forgiven because I'm expecting Sean to go beast mode and go sniffing out every single thing that's in the cinema that he hasn't seen yet, <laughs> whether he hates it or not. <laughs> Uh, it's a goodbye from me goodbye from me Uh, goodbye from me and goodbye from me thank you very much for joining us bye and I've just found out how to do it (laughs) oh brilliant brilliant. (laughs) 